Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And as a surfer, he explored the beaches of Southern California, from La Jolla to Leo Carrillo, and up to Pismo. I'm captain of the Pismo Beach Disaster Relief. Whoa, is this the sand dunes? I tried to do this at Pismo Beach when I was growing up. Oh, really? not a podcast aimed for the masses. This is not something I'm, I'm going to be blasting out, trying to get tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of listeners. This is a niche podcast, and I like it that way. It's based in my home, San Luis Obispo. I moved here in 1997. I lived here for three years. Formative years of my life, man. Early college days. I came down here after a brief stint at Humboldt State University. Went back to the Bay Area for a brief while. Met my ex-fiance. She's the one who actually dragged me down here because she was a senior in high school and I was the age of a freshman in college. I skipped a grade when I was young. Got engaged again, and she wanted the college experience, and that's one of the beautiful things of San Luis Obispo. It's one of the very few towns I know of in the whole country that provides the college experience for community college students. And we've got Cal Poly here, but Quest to College, nearly half of that enrollment are students from out of the area. And I think uh, Santa Barbara City College is really one of the only other places I could think of that has a scene like that. And we'll be covering Santa Barbara as well. That's all part of the Central Coast. But from 97 to 2000, I moved here with my, again, ex-fiance. Rest in peace. Her name was Mandy McGrady. She passed away. We had been broken up when that happened, but she died from melanoma. And I want to show her respect for that. But she's the reason I moved here. And um, I left in 2000. Took me 19 years to come back. The moment I left, I feel like every college student that comes here has the same sentiments. Why leave, right? This is an amazing place. But part of what makes it so amazing is how difficult it is to live here because it's a small area, right? There is not rampant development. There is not a huge structure here for businesses to grow and expand. This is a small town. And I think most of the people here love it that way. And, and one of the platforms of this show is going to be trying to convince listeners that that is the right way to go. I hear people in the development world say, oh, well, you know, you got to, it's supply and demand. There's so much demand. Well, newsflash, to meet that demand in a place like the Central Coast, you have to make, build so much supply, you're going to ruin the whole quality of the place. It's just, it's a stupid ass argument. And I'll happily bring anyone on here to, to debate that. So that's what this podcast is about. It's, I call it Slow Cal because when I went to college here for those three years, these formative years that made me who I am today, I remember hearing people calling it Slow Cal. That name always rung with me. 
Um, one of my oldest friends in the world, Jerry Perez, he's going to join me in just a second. He was a student with me at Cuesta College. We both were part of a KGUR, the campus radio station. And I'm super stoked, 22, 23 years later, he's now joining me on this podcast. We're back together. The band's back together. <laughs> and uh, Jerry, man, how are you doing, brother? Come Solid, on Solid, man. Trying to, trying to survive this smoke and heat this, that we're going through this week. It is weird. So, so I saw a news story about three days ago that showed that uh, our San Luis Obispo County had the worst air quality in the world. In the world. Like... They compared it. I forgot what the unit of measurement is, but uh, like Dubai. Parts, parts per million, I believe. Something like that, yeah. And, and like PPP maybe. So the PPP in Dubai, out in the Middle East, deadly hot city, industrialized city, oil city. Um, on average, the PPP there is about like, I think, 120. Paso Robles had a PPP over 500 the other day. And I think it's because of those fires in Monterey County mostly and and Big Sur and Carmel. Dude, it's gnarly here, man. It's crazy. Can't breathe. Yeah. yeah. Um, fortunately, I haven't been outside much, but yeah, <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can barely see past a good 100 feet. But uh, yeah, yeah, I feel like that headline is a little kind of a gotcha headline of like the worst air in the world, which is technically correct, but it's also like two, three days out of the year that we're well, right about. right not, it's it, not it, like china you know china i'm pretty sure beats us 364 days out yes. of the year in terms of air quality you are correct <laughs> you are correct in that this is a temporary <laughs> it's a temporary thing but it just goes to show how bad these fires are like I, for some reason the wind is blowing all the smoke directly yeah. over us and and the air quality is a nightmare it was almost it's crazy that it, it was so smoky the other day that it actually helped with the heat wave because there was so much smoke it was blocking out some of the sunlight and cooled things down a little bit that's how bad it was um, Jerry, tell, tell everyone about yourself. So I, so, and, and you are a cameraman, if I'm not mistaken, at one of our local TV stations, correct? Not, I started out as a cameraman. I am a master control operator, which is in charge of programming, making sure our commercials are on the air, everything. It's almost the best way I can describe it. It's almost like DJing, making sure, right. the, music, making sure the music's playing because if the music stops, the party stops. Um, but I've been there <laughs> yes, at, the lo- <laughs> at the local TV station for 21 years now. Probably more closer to 22 because I did intern there for six months. I remember that. Through the uh, Cuesta program that you and I took, uh, there's a TV, TV slash radio production course, broadcast communications at Cuesta. And one of the partnerships they did was internships, whether you decided to go to the radio side or the TV side. And I was more focused on the TV side. Got an internship at the station through Cuesta College and got hired from the internship and been there ever since met a lot of great people uh, and yes yeah, it's, it's it's been cool you know i've lived here since 1983 moved here as a four-year-old with wow. my mom and uh from where i was born in indio california which is funny because for the longest for the, about the first 20 years of my life when i told people i was from indio california no one knew what that nobody was. knew <laughs> they, always thought, yeah. they always thought i was lying that i was oh you were born in india i go no and then so finally i just said oh i was born in palm springs because right. everybody knows palm springs but then in 19 what 99 2000 a, a festival took off called Coachella, mm-hmm. and which is in india so now everybody knows india which is kind of funny and we li- i lived there for three years my first three years and then uh, my mom and i moved to san diego for about four or five months and then we moved up here and been here ever since. My sister was born here. And it's also funny too, because so many years I would tell people I was from San Luis Obispo and a lot of people 
didn't know is you know where that was everybody knows once again like everybody knows santa barbara which is you know the equivalent of palm springs but nobody really knew much about san luis obispo and it's not louis i know a lot of people say san louis obispo but it's san luis obispo (laughs) uh, well you you know where the louis thing comes from a lot is remember that guy larry king i mean he's still alive he's still around but he used to be a big big deal on cnn and he'd always have these callers on his show and there was, all, and for some reason, and I can't find a single fucking soundbite of this, but there used to always be got, one, one Margaret call, calling in from uh, San Luis. Was that Spoke. was that her name? Was it Margaret? Like there was always that one person. I, I feel like I don't know if it's the same person or not, but he, I feel like he would always take at least one caller, and he would do that. He'd go Margaret from San Luis, and he, that's how he'd pronounce it, San Luis Obispo. And I think that took off. Um, and, and I think that's why a lot of people call it that is because Larry King just kept. Calling Great. it San Luis Obispo. I can't find a single fucking sound drop, drop of that. I've been looking forever. Um, yeah, so it is San Luis Obispo, and you're and you're about as local as it gets. I know you weren't born here, but you've been for fucking yeah, I mean, thirty five years, something like that. Thirty seven, going on thirty eight. Yeah, uh, elementary school, junior high, high school, Cuesta, and then you know, like I said, I worked at the TV station. And yeah, yeah. I, I consider myself a local, also known as a local. And other, <laughs> uh, other things that you'll learn about being from. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you'll learn about living in this area. You can tell where if a person is from here or not because each town around here has its own name. Like we don't. I say I'm, you know, I'm saying I'm from Slow. If you if you live in the county, you say, oh, I live in Slow. You don't say right. I live in San Luis Obispo, right? Because it's just too long. Or if you live in, <laughs> in Arroyo Grande, you say, oh, I live in AG. If you're right. from Atascadero, you say I'm from A Town. You say Paso. Well, one of my uh, student, one of my students called uh, a Tascadero a trashcadero, but you're no, saying A Town no is no comment. <laughs> so, so A Town, and then what? What is Paso? Just Paso, right? I Paso, think Paso we just say Paso. Yeah. What about Pismo? Just Pismo. Pismo. Uh, Avila. Avila, and then Shell Beach is the only one that you probably say the whole thing. And Grover. I mean, there's a few Grover, that you do, yeah, but they're yeah. short. They're short ass names. Right. Yeah. But obviously, and if do- I'm outside of the county, I meet somebody. I say, "Oh, I'm from San Luis Obispo." I remember one time running into a dude in uh, L.A. And I go, oh, yeah, I'm from San Luis Obispo. He goes, oh, slow. I was like, oh, okay. That kind of caught me off guard because, yeah, that's what, that's what we locals call slow. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I want to emphasize, I said at the beginning of this podcast that I'm like anti-development. I, I do want to add a strict addendum to that. I'm, I'm all for it, for developing more homes if they're low-income homes. Because low-income housing keeps the residents who move into those homes local. Right, like th- the problem is when you have development, when you build like a, a fucking subdivision with a thousand homes in it, especially here in California and and on the West Coast, where the weather is a million times nicer than most other places. I I bet you ninety percent of the people moving into those homes are from other places. They're rich, affluent assholes from the East Coast, from the Midwest, from the Deep South, wherever fucking else in this country. They're coming here. Th- you, these homes that are being built are not going to be filled with. A local residents kids who have grown up and are adults now because they can't fucking afford it these homes are are pricey and especially as as the economic sector goes more and more virtual and people have more and more freedom to work wherever they want thus meaning they're not stuck geographically in a specific place because of their job why would they not want to come to a place where the weather is amazing right so for us locals here if you want to if we want to preserve our community and preserve our identity and preserve our open space and lack of crowds, which is really a huge reason why this place is so amazing. You do not fucking build tens of thousands of homes or even thousands of homes because, again, all you're doing is bringing in rich assholes and you're pushing out the middle class, which is one of the, right. another thing I love 
about slow. We actually have a fucking middle class here. This is not a place for unlike now. the for now, for now, right? And that's why I want to keep resisting. That's why I'm all for low income housing and not fucking developing huge, massive suburban type homes that are going to be filled in with like just again rich pricks from other places that want to come here, especially in the COVID area, right? I think a lot of people want to leave larger cities. And there's a huge bullseye in our little community here, man. And and anyway, so yeah, I do I want to yeah. jump in on that real quick. Yeah, yeah jump, jump in. It's one of those things, too, as I grew up here, you know, I think I've grown up in different waves of growing up here. You know, as a as a kid, you know, you're young, you know, you kind of hate it here because we don't have the magic mountains. You got, you know, to do anything fun, you got to go to L.A. or San Francisco, you know, if you want to go to Great America. But as you get older and you start to become more invested into this city or this community, mm-hmm. you start to get conservative feelings in terms of, I love my little gem of a town. I don't want it to expand. Like you said, I'm very, I'm very for growth, but very conservative growth, you know, yeah. not building up box stores every, you know, block or whatever. Yes. And I think, and I think the conflict, what creates that conflict is that with the Cal Poly students and the Quest students that come here, they want the big city stuff. But then you realize that those people are only here for two, three years and yep. then they're gone. So you do have that battle of the out of towners coming in and wanting certain things, but then you have the residents that are fully committed here. They're like, well, we want you to know about our town, but at the same time, we don't want you to know about our town. It's kind of like <laughs> Oprah, Oprah did a big story on uh, San Luis Obispo about 15 years ago where I guess there was some article written about how San Luis Obispo was the happiest place in America. Yeah, I've read that. I don't know what, who read. So that's where it originated from. It, I forget where what art what magazine, but yeah, it became a thing. And then Oprah did a story on it, and she sent Jenny McCarthy out here to like interview, like, "Oh, what's so great about San Luis Obispo?" And it was one of those things, like, "Yeah, we made it on national TV." And then at the same time, like, "Oh crap, we're on national TV." Yeah, awareness. And, yeah. Right, and and you're right. You know, building the homes, and we have a weird dichotomy here where you know you got rent going up because of the students and mm-hmm. it's not their fault but it's it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's a capitalism thing where you can oh we got students we got people who need to have a house we can jack up the rent and they're gonna have to pay for it um it, it is it is a weird uh situation because you got this housing boom and what's crazy what's going on here is the hotels that are popping up here which is kind of like what you were saying you got all this out of town money coming in all these hotels but it's starting to get harder and harder to be a resident here just to live here and, and, and what's especially to me, like what, what I have, have a lot of sympathy for are people who grew up here. Like I'm, t- I'm a born and raised California, man. I'm not born and raised here, but I'm where I am born and raised suffered a similar plight where do you just have endless fucking people wanting to move here? Mm-hmm. And it is not my fault. It is not your fault that we were born and raised in a place that is very desirable, at least in terms of weather and maybe to a lesser extent, social freedoms, right? I mean, a lot of people who've moved here from, let's say the South, for example, um, they want to come here because they want to be who they are and not be fucking crucified by the religious right or by relatively conservative laws that restrict them. We don't have those kind of rules here that prevent you from basically living your life, you know? Uh, but it's, but it's like, but at what cost is it to the local residents who grew up here? Like, I don't think it's right that in order to stay in the place you grew up in, you have to be a fucking programmer or coder. Or you have to be in fucking finance. I feel like that those are like the only two fields you can do now. You know, if you want to like, or a lawyer or one of these more traditional professions, a doctor, I guess, where you make just any profession where you're making a shitload of money. Like well, I, even for the to, doctors, even for the doctors, it's gotten hard because I remember seeing a few years ago. I mean, now a lot of doctors don't even live here in Slow. 
Where they uh, live. Well, I mean, the movie, you know, whether it's a Tascadero or, you know, South County or whatever. Gotcha. Or Red Grande. But, you know, just if you can just save that much more on buying a house, you know, uh, they'll do but it. But the whole county is pretty pricey. I mean, I I've, I don't even know if it's like that right. much cheaper going to those other places. It's just Yeah, and it's, but... it's not because, you know, if let's say you you work in San Luis Obispo, but you, you're going to buy a house in a Tascadero. It adds up because you still got to do that commute you're spending on gas. So in, in reality, you're probably not saving any money at all over the course of 30-year mortgage, right? If you're right. Um, but it's, uh, I guess, something to get get your foot into a house and then deal with the repercussions later, I guess, in terms of gas. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah, so so anyway, so that's part of what I'm going to be talking about because I, I feel like in order to preserve our identity and to, to maintain this place being the happiest place in the world, we need to prevent development. I mean, that's that's what fucking ruins everything. Because in the end, very few people prosper from development, right? The developers themselves, they pocket a shitload of fucking money. And then the rich assholes who live somewhere else and want to move here, they, pr they prosper from this. Everyone else suffers. Because the jobs that come in from development projects are temporary, and oftentimes they recruit people from out of the area who have the skill set needed for these projects that local residents might not have. It doesn't benefit the local community. It just doesn't. I'm watching Jerry. You ever watch a show, um, My Summer Binge, one of my COVID binges for the last few months has been <laughs> an amazing show. I'm, dude, I'm blown away. I don't know why it took me this many years to finally watch this thing. And I'm only in, in season five out of seven, and it's called Sons of Anarchy. Have you seen this show? No, but I, I remember the, when the wave hit of Sons of Anarchy. It was a big, a big show. Oh, dude. But I never, I've, seen, I've seen like maybe two episodes. Oh, and supposedly uh, the uh, Mayans is like the spinoff from that. And I'm going to get Correct. into that, I'm sure, at some point. But so one of the one of the key premises of Sons of Anarchy is they're based in this fictional town called Charming, right? Charming is supposedly near like Stockton and Modesto, the Central Valley of California. And this motorcycle club called the Sons of Anarchy, they're based in Charming. That's their home base. And they're, they're Sam, like Samco. Sam. Yeah. Well, Sam Crow. Yeah. Sam Crow. And uh, and they're like basically like a like a, uh, a fictionalized version of the Hell's Angels, right? They're right, like this right. motorcycle club that's like thuggish. They'll fight. They're gun runners, you know. They they deal with drugs. They have crazy relationships with other motorcycle clubs and the it's law. Like the Sopranos the, is the Sopranos of motorcycles. It is. It's, it is. It is. Um, and so uh, and there's a lot of crazy elements to it. Insanely violent show. Like insanely violent. Like I cannot believe this show was on cable. Like I'm watching this thing on Hulu right now. I mean, there, these, this, this thing was being broadcasted to, like, home television. This is crazy, man. So, anyways, but the premise of this show is that this motorcycle club in Charming wants to keep Charming the way it is, meaning they don't want fucking this, this small town that has a cute little main street that has a relatively low population from exploding and turning into another suburban-slash-urban area like its surrounding towns. And I'm just, that thing is resonating with me. Like, I just, I want to continue that fight here. I mean, but again, I, I'm all for it if it's low-income housing. Because low-income housing presents restrictions in terms of who can move in, geographically speaking. So you keep it local that way. And you keep the prices down. So if someone's kid who grew up here wants to actually fucking stay here, they, can, they might have a chance at buying a home and continuing that American dream where they're from. Instead of having to fucking move to Texas, you know? Let me ask you a question. When you say low-income housing, do you mean buying? Because I looked into this about 12 years ago. Of, yeah. Uh, I don't think people understand. There's low-income housing for renting, and then there's 
if you want to buy a house under the low income guidelines. I say and both. That's, well, so I hear what you're saying, but the low in, to buy a house under the low income guidelines, there's a lot of restrictions. It's definitely a commitment. It's not like you can flip the house after two years or five years. You can't pass it on to your uh, next of kin. And if you do, they continue the restrictions of the low income guidelines. Uh, right. You can't, you can't sell it for profit unless the value of the house has gone up. Well, there, that's not the, those aren't, those aren't, it's not always that black and white. There's a lot of different rules you can put in place for low income housing. And you're right. I think a lot of those restrictions you're talking about are more for rentals. Well, it was also, it was also for buying. Cause I, I was looking, there was a condo and I just went to go check it out. Yeah. It was a one bedroom condo, beautiful place down on broad street. And the lady was explaining to me how it works in terms of buying low income. And like I said, it, it's, there were so many restrictions on it to the point is like, do I really even want to go this route? And, uh, <laughs> Because, like I said, the restrictions of like how you can sell it, you can't just, you know, you can only sell it for what the value of the house is. Um, I know that sounds kind of dumb to say, I know, but, but there's no, a but lot of restrictions. You're, in other words, you, you can't go into that with a for-profit motive in your mind, right? right. Is that? I think that's right. insane. Right, I'm, and you I'm, have to. If you decide to sell the house, it has to stay within the low-income guidelines. It, but it, again, it but continues I, to stay low-income. I don't mind that so much because all that means is whoever's moving into that home is actually going to make that place their home and not treat it like an investment. Right. You know, like they're not going to treat it like either a rental or they're not going to treat it like a place that in five years they want to flip and make a profit right. off of. I, it's a home as opposed to a property. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. I mean, so you're, you're saying that was too restrictive, like that, that was a little over, yeah, overboard? Just, you know, maybe part of the capitalist part of one's mind is like, oh, that's a lot of restrictions of, you know, wanted to get out of a house or if I wanted to pass it on to like I couldn't pass it if I, if I were to pass I wouldn't be able to pass it along I believe to like a family member or like I said there was a there was a lot of restrictions and that's uh, weird you can you cannot yeah. like in I other believe, words like don't yeah don't quote me on that I and mind you this info that I'm giving you is from 12 yeah 12 years ago so well, one thing well one thing I now. want well one thing like I want to do with this show for example is I want to bring local politicians on and have them explain to me like the whole process of this, right? Because well, I remember, the best I'm, people, the best people to talk to would be the housing authority, who is yeah. in charge of uh, when it comes to low income rental and low income buying. They would give you all the parameters, and and people can look at, find this on on their website, like what the restrictions yeah. are, what 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 qualifies a person to be low income. Uh, I think as of two years ago, low income was under forty two thousand, I believe. Uh, oh, that's got to go up. That's got to go up. Well, I, well, <laughs> a little well, bit at it least. Go, it goes up. <laughs> I think it goes up naturally based off of inflation every year. Right, right. But so there's low income, medium income, and then, you know, regular income. And low income, like I said, as of two, three years ago, it was around 41, 41,000. And who right. knows what that is now? It's, you got to be a little pragmatic. You got to at least go 60, right? I mean, I don't. I mean, I, I, 60, really? I mean, for low income in California? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'll put it this way. If, if someone is making 60 or under, uh, they're not rich in California. They're doing okay. They're not rich. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, I, that's not, a, it's not a, that's not a ton of money, man. That's not enough money to certainly to buy a house. Like if you're making 60 grand a year and slow, I don't think you have any shot of really buying a house here. Right. As a I single mean, person, as a single person, probably not. You definitely have yes. to have a dual income. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I, I mean, I want to get some professionals on here to kind of to elaborate on it. I guess ultimately, man, like I believe in capitalism with restrictions. I think it needs to be regulated for obvious reasons, but I don't like greed. 
Okay, I'm just not. I'm just. I, I feel like there's so much rampant greed Gordon, in this country. Gordon Gecko says greed is good. I know, but Gordon Gecko went to jail, and he's not. Oh, he's right. not, he is not a protagonist, man. He's he is <laughs> he's the antagonist. <laughs> um, so I, you know, that's just a huge huge beef in my whole life. I, I feel like since I was a young age, I just I I the pursuit of money to me is a very shallow pursuit, and. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you if you really did work hard, if that was your sole focus in life, dude, you could be rich. I think that's possible for most people. I, and that's why I think it's a shallow pursuit. I think it's a lot harder to find success in creative pursuits and in outside the box pursuits, and in doing things that most people just can't do and trying to master those things. I think there's a greater value in that, and that's more of a challenge. And and there's a greater reward. And it's just greed. It's just, dude, it causes so many problems, dude, from corruption to income inequality to an imbalance of society. And I, you know, I just, I don't like it. That's just me. But um, so, uh, what, dude, so what are you, so like, okay, so for the listeners tuning in right now, what are your favorite parts of slow? Like, what, what like if, if someone's coming here to visit, what are the, maybe like the five things in this current climate we're in, man, we're in a fucking pandemic. So obviously you can't go visit all the possible normal things that you really wanted to do, whether it's a restaurant or anything really indoors. Um, so what do you recommend? What should people do in slow? That's a, that's a good question. Cause you know, I have family in Mexico that likes that like to come here. They like to visit here. And uh, so I, I would say the local stuff obviously is the, you know, Pismo or Avila. I prefer Avila, the beach. So which, mm -hmm. you know, it's a 10 to 15 minute drive, which is nothing. Yeah. Um, obviously you take them to the Madonna Inn show them you know the pink building and, and <laughs> the water the waterfall bathroom uh and i also just like walking around downtown which is great it's you know it's like you know you use the word from the sons of anarchy charming and it is a charming <laughs> town and uh you know they like to go to woodstock so they like to go to boo boo records you know one of the few record places you know in the country um firestone and just walking around downtown you know i, I guess the biggest number one for me i guess no traffic Yes. Uh, it's a huge fucking number one, man. Right. I love going to LA a lot. I go to, you know, I was going to LA two, three times a month. And when you are in your car for 20 minutes, you've only conquered what, two miles. <laughs> when you're in your car here and slow for 20 minutes, that means you've gone all over the place. It's true. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, uh, every, everything you want is pretty much here. Obviously we don't have the magic mountains. We don't have uh you know, the Lakers don't play here in town. But other than that, I think we have everything one could want, you know, clean air with the exception of this week. Yes. Virtually no low crime. Um, cleaner water than most other places. Cleaner water. And I can almost, I don't, I don't know if I should say this, but I feel like it's almost a town where you can leave your doors unlocked. I don't recommend it. But I don't recommend it either because the other day, the, a couple months ago, someone pillaged in my car and stole a bunch of shit. So, <laughs> But you get what I'm saying. Oh, your, oh, like, your home, you mean? Yeah, yeah, your yeah. Home. Your, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't recommend it, but also it's that kind of a place. And I think everybody here does kind of look out for each other. I don't, I don't want to make general statements neither. But um, yeah, I think I, I love it here. Um, yeah, me too. I think I've gotten spoiled here because I never left. And that could be a criticism of me. <laughs> of never leaving. But I'll tell you this, though, Cyrus. Here's what's funny is that people that you and I have met 20 years ago or people that I went to high school with or uh, elementary school with that moved away, all want to come back. Yes, they and, do. And you yourself, who you know did three years here 20 years ago, you're back. And, took me 19 years, but I, that's, I dreamt about this place. At all. I, can't, I always visited at least once a year. Even if I didn't see you, man, I would literally just come here, grab a hotel, cruise downtown, maybe go surf, right. you know, go to fucking Cayuca's Tavern. 
you know, oh, like, yeah. Uh, I know your favorite bar. <laughs> I love that place. I, lo- I just love divey bars, man. And that 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 well, place is but, a saloon, but dude. But that's a, that's a good thing too about the divey bars here. Uh, maybe maybe it's a catch twenty two because they're filled up with college kids, as opposed, <laughs> to, as opposed to going to divey bar, you know, somewhere in middle America where it is an actual divey bar. Like the divey bars here are hip, I guess. I don't know if that's a contradiction. Well, is, is not Cayuca's Tavern, is it? And um, like that, that's pretty divey. Like, I don't see a lot right, of college it's, it's kids in there. It's definitely a locals only kind of a place. It is. That's out there. And McCarthy's kind of, avo- unless you're in there at like 1 a.m. I think you're avoiding the college kids there. You're getting you're getting a local flavor, but you're right. right. I'd say generally speaking, you're right. Um, what about, uh, I've heard a couple locals complain to me when I talked about launching this show. They complained that the name SlowCal Mm-hmm. Um, denigrates the local residents because it affiliates slow with Southern California. They feel like slow Cal sounds too similar to SoCal. I'm kind of like, I don't know, man. That's, right. I think have, you heard, have you heard of San Cal also like central? No. Central Cal. I think I'm trying to, sometimes I feel like that sounds like a company, so I could be getting that uh, mixed up, but I feel like, yeah, people are trying to, yeah, you say NorCal and I remember growing up in college seeing NorCal shirts everywhere. And then finally, years later, people were trying to do the whole SoCal marketing. Mm-hmm. And, and but yeah, it is a marketing thing. SoCal. I never use SoCal. I mean, I don't. I don't well, well, that's what that's why I called it this show. That it's it's a mar- it's totally marketing, dude. I just I just <laughs> it sounds awesome, man. I remember seeing that shit on the on the hats and the shirt. I never actually bought any of those things, but it, it just rung. It, it flo- the name flows right. and. Uh, but some people don't like it. <laughs> some people don't like it. Well, um, I think maybe. Maybe my criticism of it is because you're definitely trying to copy the NorCal thing that was hit back in the day. Um, but, it, you know, SoCal is, I think people who don't know California only view California as north and south. And there's a lot of variables. I mean, our state's huge, man. Um, and people probably do only think of like LA, San Diego, and San Francisco. And there is a gem in the middle of this huge state, which is us, the Central Coast. Uh, I think the Central Coast runs from what Monterey down to Santa Barbara is essentially Central Coast. Maybe even Santa Cruz, but yeah. Santa Cruz, right. okay, yeah. Um, coastal and that's, stuff and, is great. And that's by our standards. Like if, like, if you actually look at California geographically, I actually wrote an article. So I have a, a really extensive journalism background. I used to write for the Huffington Post for seven years, and one of the articles I wrote for them was how people have it completely wrong. Like we we really are Southern California, you know, because. Because because California as I think from top to bottom is is nearly a thousand miles, and we're clearly in the bottom right. third, you know. But I hear what you're saying in terms of like actual. We're at the elbow, right? We're like basically at the elbow of the state. Yeah, yeah. But you know, and and but we're we're in a weird spot too, in the sense that we're almost exactly in between San Francisco and L.A. Even yes. though, but but it annoys me. I know you love it as a Lakers fan. It annoys me that all our TV stations are technically southern. Like we get all the L.A. Right. stuff here. So Lakers, Clippers fans are stoked. Warriors fans, I have to get the goddamn NBA app now. But uh, to watch don't the worry, games dude. next you're, year. Don't worry, your Warriors are going to go to shit for the next 10 years and you don't have to worry about watching them. All right, take away your bias. You love the Lakers. <laughs> I know you love the Lakers, man. And, and I was laughing after game one and you guys finally evened it up. I still think I still think you should be a little nervous about the series, but I am. Oh, I am. I am. I mean that definitely. it's a, that's a hell of a team to face for your first round opponent, man. That is yeah, that is not really Portland's really a, a fourth fifth seed, but somehow oh, we got them as an eight seed. But anyways, well, I mean, re- I mean, really, they could be a, a two or three seed. I mean, they should have been yeah. in, the, in the finals last year. I mean, the Warriors had no business sweeping them. It's still crazy that they did that. But take away your Lakers bias. Do you really think the Warriors are screwed next year? 
I mean, really, man. Like, 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 look at what they're probably going to add to the team. Look at all the veterans that want to join that team. They have the number one, number two pick in the lottery. They're healthy. You really think they're going to suck next year? You really think they're not going to be championship contenders? Oh, uh, championship contenders? Yeah. Uh, taking away my biases. I don't yeah, know. Take- your your guys' window is kind of sketch because theoretically, you're right. Everybody should be back to 100% whenever the yes. next season starts, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know, November, December. So that gives uh, Clay Thompson more time to heal. Stephen Curry, more time to heal. Stephen Curry is healed. He came back. He only played one game, but he came back. So he's fine. Okay. Clay Thompson, it'll be it'll be like 15 months since the injury. More, shit, more than that. I think like 18 months. Well, he's months. a year now, right? It's a year. Yeah, so it'll be like a year and a half, but when he actually right. comes back. so And plus, he's not a slasher, so you really don't have to worry about athleticism too much yeah yeah right so you know he can still remain being a spot-up shooter which is he's crazy um yeah they'll be contenders i don't know for the championship i don't know because i really don't i mean look at you know we just talked about portland i mean i feel portland is becoming what oklahoma was 10 years ago when they were knocking on everybody's door maybe and unfortunately they didn't win the title but they they came close Mm -hmm. but uh yeah i don't know it's it's I don't know. I guess maybe I'm so confused with the landscape of the NBA today just because of the COVID. I don't know. I guess once uh, we look at the lineups next year with uh, fresh face, fresh eyes, we'll see what where uh, where they are. Yeah. I'm, su- I'm they're, super. They're definitely they're definitely not a number twelve team. You know what, what they got. Oh this. no, that's, that's that's clear injury and bad luck. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, and it was so just... I'll give you I'll give you guys that. Uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, let me look I think, at. I can see them. They'll be a top four. I think they'll be the top splash. Four. The splash brothers are going to be back. They have Andrew Wiggins, who I know people will hate on him, but he doesn't have the pressure of being a star anymore. All they're going to need from him is defense and the occasional clutch play, right? Draymond Green, I hope he's got a few good years left in him. And then you're going to be Eric Pascal's coming back in year two. Hopefully he develops. But then you have a couple of veterans like Isaiah Thomas, Paul Millsap, who might join the team. You have that number two draft pick. Who knows what, what that's going to happen? I'm, my, my guess is the Warriors are going to offer that number two pick to Philly for Joel Embiid. I actually don't o't know if this. Yeah. I mean, that's what I see because Philly's going to do something. They're not going to keep Simmons and Embiid. I I don't, I don't see them doing that. So I think they're going to trade one of those two pieces. And Simmons to me is just more dynamic, you know, like big men just are not really um, as lucrative as they used to be. They're not as valuable as as they used to be. And I don't know if Embiid is, is the, the, the picture of, of dirt of durability, you know, like, I don't know if like you can count on him for 80 games in a year and a playoff run. Right. Um, Seems injury prone. He's yeah, he has been. Yeah. I mean, this year I think he did really good. So I, I don't know, man. I mean, I obviously Giannis is the goal, you know, and, and if the bucks flounder and they, they get eliminated from the playoffs relatively early and he decides I want out. Yeah. They, they can make a play for him, man. That number two pick is going to give him a lot of options in terms of trades. But if it's not Giannis, if it's not Embiid, um, I can't really think of any of the players they can pursue with that number two pick. I, I, yeah, I think, dude, I think they have a great shot, man. I mean, your Lakers could definitely come back. I mean, your team is all about LeBron and how long he stays in right. this current form. I mean, it's a right. fucking miracle, dude. I mean, year 17, he's still pulling this shit. It's, it's pretty remarkable. Dude, you know, I remember one of the – this is funny talking about LeBron. I remember one of the last times uh, before you left slow back in, what, 2002, 2003? Remember you and I meeting up and LeBron was coming out of – I'm not going to say where we met up, but uh, we were having a couple drinks. And LeBron was a senior in high school. And I think you asked the question. It's like, I don't know about this kid. You know, like, and I go, I don't know, dude. I've seen some of the high school games. He's definitely a man child. 
But <laughs> it, it's crazy because you, you know, picking somebody out of high school, I just thought he was a sure thing. And I think he's lived up to the height, dude. This is, oh, and I having this conversation then, 17, 18 years ago. And then about some. This high school kid. Like Kobe coming out of high school. And it, it, I'll be honest, I mean, I love I loved Kobe, but I remember being a senior in high school and him going into the draft and the Lakers picking him. Like, why would you pick this high school kid? Who yeah, is this kid? The high and school thing was big for a little while there. They're all, I, for I mean, about was... six, seven years, it was huge. And then, but a lot of them became bust. And if you can think of all the ones that became, are going to be Hall of Famers, you know, Kevin Garnett, Kobe, LeBron. Tracy, Tracy McGrady already is, yeah. Tracy McGrady. Um, so out of the 200 that came out of high school, only four are Hall of Famers. Yeah, well, that's why, that's why they scrapped that. That's why they did the one-and-done system, because the majority of the high school kids coming out were just not ready. And on and top team... of that, you can only sign them for four years. And by the yeah. time four years were up, they would leave in free agency. Anyway. So, you never, <laughs> so you never got to benefit from that kid. Yeah. Now I like I don't I first of all what bar were we at, man? Was it was it Kayukis? <laughs> it was uh it was called was it called Raw? It was the the strip strip bar that was next to the Fremont. We we had a drink there? We had a couple of drinks. This bar was fairly new. I think it had only been around for like a couple of years. It was uh, Jerry, and that must have been someone else because a I never hated on LeBron coming out of college. I, I knew he was going to be great. I didn't think he'd be this great, but I, 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 I hated. I don't think it wasn't hate. I think you were skeptical. Uh, well, no, I, but I was. I wasn't though. And then and then the second thing is I, I'm never. I are never you went to deny to... Yeah, that you were with me at a strip yes. Bar downtown? I think you're mis. I think you're mismaking me with someone you don't else because this place? Sorry, I so never. This I don't bar. because because I I'm almost positive that bar opened right after I left. And because uh, uh, our mutual friend, Chewy, Aaron, who's, uh -huh. who's uh, one of the main conciliers at uh, McCarthy's, <laughs> and, this, and if, if there's one thing I hate about this COVID thing more than anything else, is that I can't fucking go to my, my downtown bars, dude. I'm, I moved here I right... Yeah, but you're going, you still do that shit? You still go? Yeah, I see Chewy like every week, dude. And like, yeah, can, but you, can, you, can, you, can you tell people why you call him Chewy? Well, him and I, so I was in a fraternity way back, way back when. I actually pledged Delta Sigma Phi at Humboldt State. And then when I moved down here, they had a chapter here. Um, and I want to make it very clear, man. Like, fraternities get a bad name. Sometimes it's justified. <laughs> um, I was not one of the Republicans in the, in the fraternity. I didn't know, like, I didn't know until much later in life that fraternities were basically like the Republican club of colleges until much later. But, um, you know, I made some of my lifelong friends through that. And uh, I don't have any regrets, but I do... Again, want to throw out that disclaimer because fraternities, in many ways, deserve the negative attention they, they get. Um, we never did anything bad like that. But Chewy and I were in the same fraternity, and so that's his fraternity nickname. He's a man child. I'm not a man child. He's a, he's a he's just a fucking monster. He's a half man half. He's just a, he's a beast. He's a beast of he's a human like being. Six he's a, ten. What is he? A six eight? Six no, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't. I think six six or something like that. Uh, he's, he's taller than six six, man. You think he's so? Probably, he's more like I six think eight. He's like six, probably. So he's a he's a huge human being, but he's like a teddy bear, dude. He's he's a uh, I mean he's look he's he's one of the I don't know if he's a bouncer there. He's a bartender there technically, although I guess now he's a server, oh, right? Yeah. The, they all they they all rotate. They all bartend. They work the door. They you know. Yeah. So um 
So Chewie, he's called that because, yeah, he, he resembles Chewbacca from Star Wars. He's a huge <laughs> fucking human being. But he's a gentle giant, dude. He's and, like, because he's, of, so, and because of COVID, he has a Chewbacca mask uh, that he wears at work. Does he really? Yeah, he has a Chewbacca. Not the, not the full head mask, but, you know, the face the face covering. Uh, yeah, so when you go to McCarthy's, like, they, they converted the parking lot into, like, outdoor seating, right? And they're, they're serving food right. now so they can circumvent the bar restrictions. Right, so that's um, the loophole about cer- uh, cer- not all the bars because, I mean, we have, like, ten bars here and only half of them are, are open. And as long as you are serving food or able to serve food some way, you can have stay open. So they convert, and plus on top of that, they have a parking lot, like you said, that is converted into outdoor seating. So you can order food from them, and you know, and they'll go. They have a link with uh, Mother's Tavern or Motav, as people oh, call them. Oh, that's where they get the food. Okay. So yeah, they get the food for you. You know, you can order through them. They have a, a menu that you can order from, or you can also buy a bag of Doritos. Because they technically are serving bags of Doritos. So when you go there, though, do you actually go inside instead of the bar? So yeah, I mean, you go inside the bar to get your order your drink, and you get your drink, and you go back outside. So oh, okay, about McCarthy gotcha. says, you know, they converted the parking lot, but they also have that outdoor patio too. Yes. And how so, crowded is it, man? Are, do you feel safe when you're there? Like, in terms of sickness, safe? Yes. How else? What other? What else am I talking about? That's know. it. <laughs> That's, I don't know. I I don't, I'm not worried about being mugged. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know what? I, you know what's so crazy with this whole COVID thing is everybody has pretty, pretty much converted to outdoor seating, and I'm mm-hmm. actually digging it, man. It's forcing people to be outside, with the exception of this week of getting fresh air. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I went. I was there last. Was it last Friday night? Yeah, I think we were there last Friday night, and it it was cool, man. It seemed. I, I, I'm digging it right now. And did nice. I feel safe? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I felt safe. I was just with my friends, you know, it was four or five of us. Um, but yeah, I felt safe. I mean, but that's, that could be also a little bit of ignorance behind that too, of feeling safe. Right? <laughs> I know you are not as afraid of this thing as I am. Like I, I, part of my fear though, is that my mom is, is literally a type A vulnerable case. Like she cannot get it. She's in her late sixties. She has a very serious heart condition. Um, I, and, I, and I'm, I haven't seen her in like seven months and I'm going to see her, I think in, in a few weeks, I can't give this thing to her. If I have it, I can't give right. it to her. I don't, and I just, I guess I'm, I'm dude, like the, the amount of OCD that's out there right now, trying to avoid COVID. I've always been like this for just your common cold or flu. So I, I, I don't like getting sick, man. Some people can just handle it. Like there's a video out there. If you Google it, it's called, uh, if you just go to YouTube and search man cold, you can kind of see this video. It's a, it's a comedy sketch of this guy being the biggest baby on the planet from having a basic cold, but that's me. Like I am a miserable little son of a bitch when I have any kind of ailment, man. I just don't want to move. I'm grumpy. I'm irritable. I'm fucking miserable, and I'm feeling all these things already without mm-hmm. being sick in this in this current climate. So to add like a fucking COVID flu into my body, where I might not <laughs> be able to taste shit for and smell for fucking months. I might feel fatigued and achy for months. I don't, dude, I don't want any of that, man. I, I just, it's just. Well, fucking... nobody wants to get sick regardless. Even the flu sucks, right? So obviously. It, yes. Um, who wants to get sick? So yeah, I, you're, you're absolutely right. Nobody wants to get sick. I'm not, I, I'm not also being that ignorant too, where I'm just playing with fire. Like, oh, I don't care. Yeah. Like you're keeping your distance and stuff. Yeah. I, I, I respect your space. Respect my, it's all good, whatever. <laughs> but um, are you staying, are you like staying there late enough where people are getting hammered so that they, they don't, they stop giving a shit? And like people are making out or they're just like right inches from each other's faces. Like, cause when you get drunk, you don't give a shit anymore, dude. That's the whole right. reason why this bar thing fucking exploded this, this, the, the pandemic and made things worse. Inhibitions go down. Fear goes away when you're drunk. 
you stop giving a shit. <laughs> you, you, doing bad things is fun. That's why people get drunk. But the problem is, is one night of fucking fun worth months of feeling like shit? You know, I don't. Well, I, and that's the thing too, though, Cyrus. I mean, let's let's be honest. Bars have never been uh, a symbol of health, right? <laughs> people who go to bars are not necessarily, you know, the. You know, no. bars have always been a petri dish of shit, right? Whatever, yes. you know, mono or you know, the, a herpes outbreak. Um, you know, so <laughs> herpes uh, outbreak. <laughs> You're right, though, man. But you know, because you also remember going going back to your whole conversation of this podcast of who lives here. You know, the great thing I like about the bars here is that yeah, you have an influx of students and of kids are going out, and obviously kids who go out are are somewhat at a not giving a damn attitude, right? They're going out to let loose to do whatever. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, some of the bars are somewhat thriving, I guess, still, but um, no, are I, they? Like uh, I guess thriving is a, is a strong word, right? But they're it's surviving. Still, they're surviving. Yeah. A couple are like M McCarthy's is uh, doing hmm. okay. Okay. Uh, I saw Frog and Peach was open the other day. So our listeners, Frog and Peach is a bar. A How pub. does Frog and Peach stay open? Like where, where are people going outside there? Well, I think they're also doing the food thing where you can order food from oh. them. And remember, they have the back outdoor patio, too. They have the outdoor in the back. Is Main Street, is, is, what is that? It's on Higuera, right? Is that what Frog and Peach is on? Yeah. Or is so that Marsh? For most of our listeners, all, uh, the majority of bars are already called it the Mile. What was it called? The Mile? The Drunk Mile? I guess that's what's that street that it's on? Is it Higuera? Higuera. So Higuera, Higuera ha okay. has uh, McCarthy's is a bar, a place yeah. called the Mark. Um Frog and Peach, Motav, Buffalo. No, but McCarthy's is not on that street. The McCarthy's oh, is sorry. one street over. One street over, correct. Uh, what did I say? Uh, Buffalo, Motav, Frog and Peach, and then you go up a block on Choro, you have Bulls. Yeah. So it's, all these bars, our hub of bars, are within three blocks of each other. Uh, but um, the reason why I brought that up is, uh, have they closed Hygera so that all no, these businesses... No, so, oh, so they should. The one, I think they the should. one street that is kind of semi-closed is Monterey. And Monterey is, uh, which butts up right into the, our mission, one of the California missions. And there's two major restaurants right there called Finney's and Giuseppe's. And they've sh shut down like half of the block and they have the parklets outside. So, and I believe Monterey at certain times of the day, they will shut it down. But as far as Higuera, which is the main drag through the street, um, it's still open. Uh, just all the restaurants have parklets outside you know, into the street. So half the hmm. street's taken up with parklets. Oh, interesting. And by, when you say parklet, you just mean like the parking space that's in front of that place is converted into so like a is dining a, is area? A term, is a term that I just learned a month ago. Uh, parklets are this big, um, how could I just, basically there's these borders that you set up to create a, a, a divide. Um, how would you call it? Parklet? Instead of using a cement blocks is these things that you connect together like legos yeah yeah you create, you create space you know okay borders or whatever you call it it's like cement barriers basically right that you, you can use cement, but these but these are out of plastic uh, oh okay okay i get right. you i follow yeah. all right so that way you can adjust them accordingly to however much space you need interesting and so so long story short man you're going so how's the crowd of mccarthy's dude is it is it healthy like it's it's young is Once it again what is health when you're talking about a bar okay like uh <laughs> No, if you're uh, if you're a single person, is is there a talent pool that you can actually possibly? So when did uh, I go last Friday? So Friday, yeah, we went Friday night, and we'll probably go later today. Um, <laughs> we went. Who's last, we? Who are, you, who are you going with? 
Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> I'm not worried. I'm curious. <laughs> now, oh, my friends, my my roommates, and my one of my best friends, we might go uh, get a couple of drinks there and then go to Creaky Tiki and watch the Laker game. Um, so it's Kiki. okay. You don't know. You don't. You're not. Oh, that's another bar that's on Hike Era. Creaky Tiki okay. is also kind of a college bar. Gotcha. Uh, that's but that's a newer one, right? Uh, it's been open now for about eight. Eight years? I wow. Well, to me, that's new, I guess. But wow, that's Dude, where okay. have you been, dude? You really are in your bubble, man. Well, dude, you got to remember, like, I, so I haven't even told for the people listening. So I'm at, so my day job here, the reason why I came back is, um, and you and I, I'm glad I need to bring this up because you and I, again, we were students together at Cuesta in the yes. late 90s. Um, yes. We were both part of KGUR. I know you went the TV route. And I went the radio, and then and then eventually just digital. But print part route. of but but part of that program was you had you all had to do radio, and and I did radio. For yeah, and and you and I were on the on the air together. I ended up being the program director for that station. Some again, some of my fondest memories ever. And back then, dude, KGUR had this little transmitter, which I, we would learn later was actually pirated. Um, it was just a ten watt. Yes, it was, it was pirated. Yeah, yeah. Technically, yeah, because they stopped paying for the license <laughs> year after year, and so it was like a ten watt transmitter that would barely go anywhere right your average radio station transmitter you had to stay within the parking lot or or the men's colony um it actually would reach <laughs> that's, that's, that's it actually right. would reach so so your average <laughs> your, your average that. yeah so your average radio station transmitter is probably anywhere from 10 to fifty thousand watts right depending on your market and how far you want this thing to go and i'm talking about terrestrial radio which is a, a dying medium it's so you're basically ranging about close to 100 miles yeah, depending. Yeah, and if you're AM, you could blast that thing for thousands. But uh, but with us, we were 10 watts, and if you were not either in the parking lot or at the nearby prison, which is called the California Men's Colony, where Suge Knight was a prisoner when we were doing so our radio the, shows so there. So a lot of listeners, too, what is, what is also the nickname for Cuesta? I, I have no idea. No. Yale, Yale by the jail. <laughs> I've never heard that. Because so we had a men, we have a men's colony and the and the county jail was right by the quest and the, uh, the local uh, military uh, uh, camp San Luis is all right by Quest to College. They are yeah, it's Camp San Luis as we could get audience there. Anyway, so so we so the radio station that was ten watts and now it's an online only thing, and we had some. It's funny, man. Our teacher was uh, Weigand. Was that his name? Do you remember him? Glenn Weigand. What was his name? Weigand. Yeah, Weigand, and he vanished. We never knew what happened to him, right? He taught us there his our first year in the yeah, program. Yeah, it was one of those things that he was there one day and gone the next. He well, yeah, and you never knew what happened to him. I don't remember what his first name was, so we can't even Google search him. Glenn, cre- Glenn Wiegand. Yes, I'm gonna fucking look that up right now while we're talking. So, uh, but but yeah, he vanished one day. He had, and the only I remember he had that weird, creepy porn mustache. Yeah, um, buddy. And then who was the who was who was leading the um. The TV side was that 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 big guy with the leather jacket. What was his name? His name was Bob. Was it? I think his name was Robert, but I think he was called Bob Hartwig. I heard. Okay, and and he. I think he retired. I don't know what what happened. Uh, he. I don't think. He, he kept on moving up in the ranks, so it was like less and less classes he was teaching, but he was still ahead of the department. And then, uh, unfortunately, I don't think he got to retirement. I think it was one of those things where he didn't wake up the next morning. Oh, while, really? While still, because uh, he passed away like in 2005, I believe. And I believe he was still like the department head, but he was doing less and less. You know, I guess it's a typical life, right? As you move up in the ranks, you do less and less. But he still yeah. oversaw the department because he maybe only taught one class. Well, when I had him, he taught four of my classes because I was yeah, he the was... TV side. So I had like, you know, TV production with him and the inner workings of a TV station type of a class. And then Glenn Wiegand was... 
the radio side. The radio side. And then, and then one day he was gone. I, I heard rumors that he was cheating on his wife, and he had That's like. That's right. Three... There was a yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and he and he had to leave to follow chase after her or something. I, I... something yeah, it was something happened. <laughs> something happened at something happened at home, and uh, I think somebody. I remember uh, somebody called his house. Somebody called his house. And the little boy answered and I said, oh, he doesn't live here anymore. Something like that. Oh, my God. That's – you know what's crazy <laughs> about that story? Like 98. That was like back in 98, my friend. It was. That was 1998. And by the way, I'm looking right now. I cannot find him. There's nothing about him. I just searched all, every iteration of his name. And I remember thinking, I'm like, okay, whatever I do in life, I don't want to do that. I was like, I do not want to be the professor that just one day vanishes and who cheats on his wife and who knows what <laughs> happens. That, that whole thing was – it's it, – resonated with me but he but he was a great teacher i remember him like in in 97 telling a, a brand new you know fresh off the boat student in broadcasting be careful this is a, a field full of conniving people it's competitive people will stab your back i mean he was giving me like really real world type advice um that stuck with me to this day but yeah dude, he vanished anyways but so i so you went on to tv and you're now what what channel are you the the ma master controller is that your title master control uh what's it master control operator is my master title. control operator for yeah. what channel so the channel here is ksby it's the local nbc affiliate okay so and i'm guessing you're the number one and you're the number one rated local tv station correct yes yes so oh, i actually, went on I take that back i take that back i'm not 100 because what can make I think we're number one when it comes to news and maybe number two or three when it comes to like TV shows. Oh dude, the news is what matters to you. That's I think that's right. where you're making most of your money. So um and then and then I went on and actually wrote for the the college newspaper, the Questonian, mm -hmm. um, before I transferred and went up to the Bay Area and started my whole career up there. And and now I'm the advisor for the Questonian and I teach an intro to mass communication class and I'm officially the lead journalism professor at Cuesta College. So I came full circle. Again, it took me 19 years to come back. Jerry's been lucky enough to be here the whole time. Um, and that's that, man. Anything else, dude? Or I'm, I think I'm tapped out. You got anything else You're for us? Out? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, think, I, I think you and I can talk for hours, but as we far could. as this program. Uh, we oh, could. Uh, we could do more. We could do plenty more shows, man. Get, get, yeah, a, get sure. a good mic. Get a good mic and be my official co-host, dude. I, I don't, I don't. I'm down. I'm game. Uh, I'm not entirely aiming to just do this solo. Here's what I do want, though. Here are the, here are the guests. This is going to be a guest-driven show. Not every show is just going to be Jerry and I just rambling on forever, although I'm, I'm sure – I hope it's entertaining. Um, so some of the local st – some stars, high-profile, prominent people who are from here that I really want to get on the show include um, Zac Efron, and I am working on that. Okay. I met I him not, once, but I met him in L.A. Not here, though. I, what was the circumstances? How did you meet him? A uh, Laker game. He was there. He was one of the celebrities at the Laker game. And I told him I was from uh -huh. slow. He, and I had my camera. I wanted to take his picture. He's like, oh, no, man. But then I was like, hey, man, I'm from San Luis Obispo. He's like, what? Like, that kind of threw him off guard. And we kind of chatted for a couple minutes. You know, He's born in slow, raised in Arroyo Grande. Yeah, he's, and I think he went to Roy Grande High. And I didn't know he was from here, honestly, until I watched his Netflix show, Down to Earth. You were watching I, High School Musical, don't lie. I've never seen any of those movies. I know there's three of them. That's all I know. Uh, I mean, the, the, girl, the woman who came out of the show are smoking hot, but I've never saw that show um, or the movies. But he did star in Down to Earth on Netflix. And great show. I don't know if, I don't know if you've seen it. It's eight episodes. It's entertaining. And, and all it does is highlight all the things communities and nations around the world are doing that is right in okay. terms of the environment, in terms of energy consumption, in terms of water and food that we put on our bodies. And he, he and he <clears throat> repeated he on the show. Ted why, Bundy. 
he did play Ted Bundy, and he did. I was like, that was good. I thought he did great, a great portrayal of him. Creepy, but great. Um, so I want to get Zach on the show, man, because there, in that show, he made a reference, and it's actually in the intro to, to this show. I, I cut that sound bite out and put it in. He makes a reference to trying to go sandboarding uh, at Pismo Beach. Hmm. Um, so I want Zach Efron. I want uh, Chuck Liddell. Well, I just moved into an apartment uh, complex or condos, and his brother is my neighbor. So I might – I used to have Chuck's number because people – you know, Chuck Liddell, famous UFC fighter, was definitely somebody you'd see out at the bars on the regular. He was the uh, doorman at the library. The library's still there, right? Yes. And yeah, when we say library, we're talking about a bar. Not the, yes, not we the are. Place, not the place where you go check out what – what are those things called? Books. People, it's oh, it's the books, the right. bar is the, <laughs> the the bar of the library is the antithesis of a library, but it's called <laughs> the library. Right. And Chuck Liddell, famous UFC star, uh, was the bouncer there for years. I think he's like a part owner now. Is that right? I've heard that. I don't know. I've heard that he is part. He could be part of what what is called here Ash Management, which is basically a management group that manages all the bars here locally, or not all of them, but the majority okay. of the bars. Gotcha. Um, and he came to Cal Poly, and he lived here up until 2009, 2010. Now he's in Huntington Yeah, he's he's down in L.A. He's he's a star, man. But, but I'm his, sure brother, he comes up. his brother still lives here. His mom still lives in Santa Barbara. Dude, so if talk to his brother, let's get. I mean, I'm 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 working my angles. I interviewed him back in 2003. I my my my. I started in radio hosting a show called The Extreme Scene on KNBR in San Francisco, and mm. um and we were one of the first radio programs to start covering. Uh, MMA and more specifically UFC. I mean, Dana White came on the show. Chuck Liddell came on the show. He was a great interview. That's when you can literally call their phone numbers. And yeah. Pick up. Yeah, yes. And Dana White's number one assistant. I, it was some old guy. I forgot his name. He loved us. He used to get us any guests because in the early days, not many people were was giving them love. Jack Taylor. I can't remember, dude. This is like 15 okay. plus years ago. I, I'm fucking annoyed that I can't remember because he was down to do anything for us, given the exposure we were giving him. Anyways, Chuck Liddell is a good one. And the other person, and this is this is just off the top of my head, is uh, Chris Burkhart, who's widely considered to be the most famous and um, notorious uh, photographer, um, at least when it comes to surfing and outdoor okay. photography. And he's, he's, he's from here, and, and he's one of the few photographers making great money in that profession. So anyone else I get, I'm missing? I mean, I, I want to, we're going to get a lot well, of people on. You know, you know who would be great? I mean, he only did a short stint and he, he comes here maybe once every 15 years. It's Ozzy Smith. The baseball player? No, the cartoonist. Yes. The baseball player. Wow. Uh, but that's, he that's went, an he old Cal- school reference, man. That's, that's... Yeah. Well, it's old school, but in terms of baseball, he's probably the top three greatest shortstops of all time. No doubt. No doubt. But part, part of the problem to, he is to, he went to Cal Poly, um, because he wasn't getting any offers out of high school and he came to Cal Poly and then worked his way up to be a spectacular shortstop. Just amazing. You oh, the Aussie Smith. What, yeah. One of the great, what was his nickname? The wizard or the magician? The Wiz, or, yeah. The Wiz. The Wiz yeah, the yeah. Wizard, something like that. No, Aussie Smith. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was never that great offensively. He was a great, I mean, I think he was a leadoff hitter for the Cardinals. Right. But oh yeah. Offensively. Yeah. I'm, you know, he, he's okay. 19 home runs out of his 20 year career. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I had like a batted around 300. I, I do. I don't follow baseball like I used to, man. If there's any sport that's dropped off my interest radar, it's baseball. But he was, he just, was our time in the eighties. He was definitely, he was a player. legend fucking yeah. legend dude yeah okay so that's a good one man i mean look, there's there's a lot of people like the guy who uh, uh came up with the show i think this uh this is us the creator of that book and, and the tv show i think is from here really f- yeah yeah like and, and and the other thing i want to do is um 
So anytime one of my students who writes for the Questonian, Kruko, don't forget Kruko. Fuck him. I I don't want to have anything to do with him. <laughs> I don't, man. I I I my Kruko can kiss my ass. I it's because of him that his daughter and I no longer talk. Um, so he can go fuck himself. I don't like Mike Kruko. He, right, yeah, so I'm bitter, gonna, I'm gonna I say Mike, I'll say why Mike Kruko, because he's also a Cal Poly alum. He lives here, or he did live here, yeah. I don't think he lives anymore, and I went to school with his son. Super cool kid. Uh-huh. Uh, and I never, I saw Mike Kruko once. And, but yeah, I think they full-time committed to the Bay, especially when he got the announcing job. I don't, they he was commuting school. for, he was commuting for years. But, uh, so his daughter, Tess, and I, Became great friends. She used to come on my radio show a bunch up up in up in San Francisco, um, and then she fucking ghosted me, dude. Just went poof, and it was because of him. Like he just did. I he, I did not fucking meet his standards apparently. So I don't blame can, him. He can kiss. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so if you want to interview Kruko by yourself, go for it, man. But I say fuck him. And then okay. and I've, and also as as someone who was affiliated with KNBR, the flagship station of the Giants, for so many years, I've heard so many negative stories about him. Like Mike Kruko is one of these guys that the public loves. He's got that goofy personality, and you know he's a former Giant himself, great pitcher at one point. Behind the scenes, he's a fucking prick. And he's fucked over a lot of people that I know personally. So, kiss my ass, man. No, Kruko's dead to me. I, I want nothing to do with him. But uh, anyone else? Sorry oh, you to get so thing. negative there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Let it all out, bro. Let it all out, brother. I will. Um, I will. The other thing I was thinking, um, I think one of the members, I think, passed away recently. But people don't realize that Jamba Juice was started here. He, as a it was. So that's You're right. But it was a team. It was a team of people. I think it was four people. And one and of I them think, died. One I of the main one, guys just died. I don't know how about, or why. About a month ago, I believe. You are so, correct and, about that. And Jamba Juice obviously is almost everywhere, I think. They exploded. Yeah. Well, well, you want a, a quick funny story about that. So when I was going to college here, um, there was uh, another smoothie place around the corner from that first Jamba Juice. I forgot the name of the place. And there's an ice cream shop there now. And I remember I needed to get a job, and I applied that place. And the was owner blazing, was, was it Blazing Blenders? Might have been. And the owner was so fucking bitter. And I remember him telling me the story about how the Jamba Juice founders originated. Took his idea. Took his idea, and they exploded and became like millionaires. And he just had his one little shop, which was <laughs> basically a hole in the wall. It was like it this was type, about the size of a closet. It was. It this, was the smoothie place, and I it remember was. I, it was there for years. And then I think they. I don't know what year, but they finally probably closed shop about 10, 12 years ago. Well, the smoothie thing, I think, peaked a while ago just because people realized all you're putting in there is just a shitload of sugar. <laughs> it's not really not that good yeah. for you. It, 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 right. Health-wise, it's not as good, but it, it tastes damn good. It does. It tastes great. But you might as well just eat, eat ice cream. You know, it's like if you're going to fucking, right. you know, to put toxins in your body, make it taste better. So uh, Jamba Juice is still going strong. But do you remember the show uh, Jackass? Oh, yeah. Pontius. Chris, Chris Pontius. Pontius. Yeah, how do you know that? Why why'd you drop his name? Because Chris Pontius is from Slow. Yes, and and he worked at. He, I interviewed him years ago, and he worked at Jamba Juice. And I remember he was telling me the story about how he wa he worked there simply because he wanted access to free smoothies all day. And then he started working there and got fat as fuck. And he oh, realized, really? Yeah, he realized these things are just like just all sugar. I know, just... I know his mom still lives here. I believe his dad might have passed away recently. Oh. My buddy works at a gas station here, and Chris came in, and they, I think he had just had a kid. This is within the last six, seven months, and he was in the area. So I think he still comes in the area. I've never met met or seen Chris Pontius, 
But going back to your whole jackass thing, they came and shot, what, two or three episodes up here? No shit. Yeah. So huh. there's like a, a bull riding school out here somewhere out in the outskirts of AG or Arroyo Grande, as I should say. Um, mm-hmm. There was like a bull, a bull, um, what do you call it? Is it bull? Yeah, I guess bull riding school. And the jackass guys came out and did an episode. Um, and yeah, they, they came up here a couple times in the first two seasons of Jackass. Huh. And that's the Chris Pontius tie. I like it. So and Chris Pontius, if people don't know Chris Pontius, he was uh, what is what is he was always running around in a speedo. Yes, he had the, the bunny hair. ears. He, yeah. and he, and he had bunny ears a lot of the times. He's yeah. just, he's a crazy fun character, man. This I think that's the best way to describe him. So there, yeah. Chris Pontius will be another one we target, man. That's a great call. Jerry, I love you, man. This is fun. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. I mean, an hour just flew by. It was awesome. Well, that's a good sign. Yeah. So that's a very good sign. So, uh, Jerry, what are, are you available on social media in any regard? Oh man, I'm I'm the worst. Uh, I'm stuck in the Facebook era, my friend. <laughs> you don't have a Twitter account? No, maybe no Instagram. We'll see. How, we'll see how this goes. Maybe I'll be more active. How about Instagram? I technically have an Instagram, but I never use it. What's the account? So people can start following you. Maybe you can start oh, using God, it. Oh God, there's nothing, dude. I got pictures of like five girls on there because I was in a <laughs> photo contest. Uh, I, well, so it's gonna. If people were to ever find, I'm not gonna even give it out because it's not even worth it. But if people were to find me, they find like five pictures of these models, and they're probably wondering oh. why I have these models on my Instagram account that I've not well, updated that's a, in two years. Well, that's a that's a marketable Instagram account. You got a good start there. So I, you could follow this this show on Twitter at SlowCalPod, and I think that it's the same handle on Facebook. And you can follow me on Twitter at Dog Surf Roadshow. And you can follow me on Instagram at Dog Wild. This show is Believe in SlowCal. We're going to focus on the Central Coast, have some fun. Jerry, love you, man. That was a great first love show. Love you too, man. Awesome. And, and we'll join you next time. Take care, everyone. Well, let me get to the point. Let's roll another joint. Turn the radio loud. I'm too long. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.